Good morning, Sanctuary, and good morning, 2023. I'm Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at Sanctuary. So what's your New Year's resolution? Some of us love New Year's resolutions, and some of us hate them. But there's something about New Year's that brings about this desire to change things. Even in a secular culture, New Year's can kind of feel like a quasi-religious moment where we we feel this urge to examine our lives or long for change or growth or health or improvement or maybe even repentance. But I don't know about you, but um, sometimes as I think as we start thinking about all the things that have to change, whether it's eat better or drink less or watch less or meditate more or go to the gym or go to yoga or get out of debt, it can start to feel overwhelming. And for many of us, it produces a sense of guilt or despair or resignation. So here's my question this morning. What if there were only one thing we needed to change in 2023? And what if we changed just that one thing, everything else changed with it? There's this book I love called Influencer. It's a book, uh, it's a study on change leadership dynamics. It's written by a bunch of Harvard business types. And their big idea is that you never actually change a system by changing everything. Instead, the way you change something, the way you change a system, whether it's an organization or a community or a human life, is by identifying one vital behavior. And then applying laser-like focus to that one thing. And like the rudder of a ship, that one small lever can turn something much bigger all the way around. It's like one molecule that's released by your adrenal gland uh, unlocks this chain, this cascade of reactions that sends all the sugar into your bloodstream so you can outrun a predator or lift a heavy object. And in the spiritual world, There's one thing, there's one vital behavior that in the same way unlocks this cascade of changes that can bring us well-being and vitality and emotional peace and joy and groundedness and love. And not just to us, but to the others around us. Would anyone like to know what that is this morning? It's the decision to spend regular time in the presence of God. In Psalm 27, David prays this. He says, one thing, one thing I ask, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of my God, in the presence of God, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Jesus, on his last night with his disciples, told them, if you do this one thing, if you abide in me, that is, if you dwell in my presence, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And so it's this one thing. This one thing is the vital behavior. It's the rudder of our spiritual lives. And so New New Year's 2023, what if we only have one job, one resolution this year to spend time in the presence of God, to experience his presence, to allow that to release this cascade of blessing into our lives and the lives of those around us. So this morning, that's what we want to look at, this one thing dwelling, experiencing, abiding in the presence of God. And want to look at Exodus chapter 33. So the background is the people of God have just come out of Egypt and all the way on their journey to Mount Sinai, the presence of God has gone with them. 
But after they got the Ten Commandments and Moses went back up on the mountain for further instructions, Israel was chilling out in the desert and they, they got restless. And so they went to Aaron, Moses' brother, second in charge, and they said, make us gods who will go before us into the promised land. And so Aaron has this great idea, hey, let's melt down all our jewelry, let's make a golden calf, and we'll worship that. And of course, this was no good. And God was, uh, was, was not pleased. Um, in fact, he says, actually, I, I, I want to destroy Israel and start over with you, Moses. And Moses pleads with God not to destroy Israel. And so God says, all right, fine, I won't destroy you. In fact, I'll even let you go into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And so reading from Exodus 33, starting in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you, because you're a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are a stiff-necked people, and if I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now, take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. So there's three things from this Exodus passage, and we'll read more in a minute. But three things that this passage teaches us about time in the presence of God. And here's the first. The presence of God is more important than anything else. It's more important than anything else. Friends, we were made for God's presence. All the way back to Adam and Eve, the first humans, the the purpose of human life is to be in relationship with God. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day. And nothing's changed since then. It's still what we're made for. And to truly flourish, we need to experience God's presence. It isn't just knowing about God. It isn't even the blessing and the provision that he can provide for us. But it's God himself. It's being with him, being in his presence. This is the vital behavior for human flourishing. And so when God says to Israel, fine, you can have my blessing. You can have the land flowing with milk and honey. I'll even send an angel before you. I'll drive out your enemies, but you can't have my presence. Israel mourns because they understood that compared to the loss of his presence, all these other blessings, even the promised land, was meaningless. St. Augustine writes in his confessions, O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Not in the good things God gives. We only find true rest in God. David writes in Psalm 42, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, God. My soul longs for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? So whether we realize it or not, our deepest need, our only eternal need, is God himself. About seven years ago, I began to experience a hunger for God. Not just the things of God, but, but God himself. And so 
this is weird because at this point I was almost 20 years into being a Christian, 13 years into a career in ministry, eight years into seminary, and I'd learned a lot about God. But I started to feel this longing to push past the ideas about God, even God's blessings in my life, and to know God more. For instance, I knew in my mind that I was loved by God, but I wanted to know that I was loved. I knew I was forgiven in my mind, but I wanted to know I was forgiven. I wanted to know it here. And you get the difference, right? So often we're content knowing about God, but Jesus says in John 17, this is eternal life that you might know God. And the, the Greek word is gnosko. There's other words in Greek for knowing things intellectually, but this is about relational knowledge. And I wanted to know God in that more intimate way. And I didn't even really know how to talk about it with other people. I, I told my wife, Sarah, I was like, Sarah, um, I just want to know that I'm loved by God. And she's like, well, of course you're loved by God. Don't you know that? But no, I want to know it. And so I began to cry out to God. And I, I remember this one night, this late night walk, I was, was walking through the neighborhood and I had uh, worship on my, my AirPods or AirBuds or whatever they were at that time. And the song came on, that song, it's like the lyrics are set a fire down in my soul. I want more of you, God. And I was like, that's it. I want more of you, God. Can I have more of you? Can I experience more of your presence? And this was a precursor to a season of revival and renewal in my life. This year, sanctuary, God wants us to ask for him, to cry out for him, for more of him. There's more to God than we've experienced. And so what would it be to cry out afresh to God? God, can we have more of your presence? When Israel mourns in Exodus 33, this is what their hearts are crying out. God, we, we want you. We don't want blessings. We don't want the promised land unless we can have you. And that's what we need in 2023. We need God's presence. So some of us need to remember in 2023. Maybe we've had seasons of renewal in our lives in the past, seasons where we've practiced and experienced God's presence. So let's ask him for it again and ask him for more. Some of us need to experiment. We all have different personalities. We're all in different stages of our life and our spiritual development. Some of us need to experiment with new pathways and routes into God's presence. For like five years, I took Sarah to the same restaurant in Providence. At first, it was awesome. And, you know, the second time, it was awesome. And the third time, it was awesome. And the fourth time, but after a while, Sarah said, you know, I love going on dates with you, Greg, but I'd love to go somewhere new with you. And I think God feels that way about us sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it's time for us to look for a new way to connect with him. Some of us need other people. We're not all introverts. We can't all sit silently for for a long time. Some of us actually need other people to experience God's presence. And that's one reason I love our our 8 and 9 a.m. Zoom prayer meetings on Tuesday mornings. It's this whole community that seeks God's presence together. And I know for me, it encourages me and recenters me every week. Some of us need to unblock the wells 
For some of us, there's obstacles or barriers that are blocking our intimacy with God. And we may need to confess or to repent, or some of us may need healing or prayer ministry. And then, of course, some of us need first seek. And that season began last night at our New Year's, um, you know, time together, worshiping, bringing in the New Year. But this is a season in our church where we're going to prioritize God's presence. And this January, we're focusing on experiencing and dwelling in God's presence. Because that's the thing we need to flourish this year is the presence of God. And that's the first truth we see in Exodus 33. Here's, here's the second. If we want to encounter God, if we want to dwell in his presence, we have to make space. So after God tells Moses in Israel he's removing his presence, Moses responds, and he does so by setting aside space to seek God. Now, starting in verse 7, it says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their own tent. The Lord would speak face to face with Moses as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So how does Moses respond when God says, I'm not going with you into the promised land? Well, it's interesting what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, okay, fine, God, I guess um, that's a bummer, but I guess we'll just have to get by without you. Even though, if I'm honest, it might be what I would do. And it's, it's actually what so many of us would do, but it's not what Moses does. Moses takes a drastic step. He puts up this tent of meeting. It's outside the camp. It's not in the center of things. It's on the fringes. And only the people who really want the Lord, want to inquire of the Lord, want to seek the Lord, go there. Anyone could come, but only the people who really want God do. If we want to commune with God, if we want to experience his presence this year, we have to set apart a space. We need to put up a tent of meeting in our lives. And if you look through the history of past revivals, before Anytime God poured out his presence, there, there was always individuals, small groups of people beforehand on the fringes that set aside space for God. And if we don't block it out, if we don't block out that space, whether it's time on the calendar or physical space in our lives, there, there can't be any real intimacy with God. I mean, think about it. If I want intimacy with my wife, for instance, whether that's a date or what have you, we have to make space for that to happen. We have to mark off time on the calendar. We have to get a babysitter. We have to reserve a table at the restaurant. And it's the same with God. To dwell in his presence, we have to clear out space. Some of us have a, a physical space for God in our lives. I, I think it's actually more important than we think it is. 
There's something about having a prayer chair or a prayer closet that helps our bodies get into the habit of encountering God. My friend, uh, before the pandemic, bought me a special chair. God told him to buy me a chair, and I thought it was so weird. I was like, why, bro, why are you buying me this chair? And he said, I, I feel like it's going to be important for your prayer life. And um, so you've been to my house. We have this groovy hanging chair, and um, my friend was right. Because every time I, I get up to pray, I go to that chair. And it's become such a part of me that actually now whenever I sit there, it's hard for me not to pray. Do you have a special prayer space, a prayer chair, a prayer closet, a, a route you walk around the neighborhood, a coffee shop? Do you have a, a space in your calendar for God? If you don't block it out, if you don't set it apart, it won't happen. It, I know some of us have small children, all right? So we, we need to be creative, obviously. You know, when Sarah was nursing, her prayer chair was the rocking chair in the nursery. And she nursed our, our boys many times a day. And that, that became her prayer chair. Nursing actually meant praying. So parents, God sees you. And in the words of my mother-in-law, God wants you to pray as you can, not as you can't. But Give him the space you have. Whatever you have to give him, he'll honor. For some of us, we could give God our commute. Maybe that's the only time we actually have to ourselves. So we can give it to, you know, all things considered, or we can give it to Jesus. Moses' first instinct when the presence of God was about to go away was to set apart a space to meet with God and to go there. And if we want to dwell in God's presence in 2023, that's where we have to start. Now, what do we do in that space? Well, that's a great question, but you can't even ask that question if you don't have the space to ask it about. And so we have to prioritize it, friends. We have to this year. We have to take the time to do the things that are most important in our lives. And, you know, sometimes Sarah asks me to do things around the house and, you know, like she should. And I say, sure, I'll do it. And then, like I often do, I forget. And Sarah will ask me, did you do that thing? And I say, no, sorry, honey, I didn't have the time. And you know what Sarah will sometimes tell me at that point? She'll say, what you mean is it wasn't a priority for you. And I say, you are correct. We are doing the things that we want to be doing right now. We have the time to do the things that are most important. Let's prioritize this year making space for God. And here's, here's why. Here's the last thing Exodus 33 shows us. If we make space for God, if we set aside space for God, if we prioritize space to dwell in his presence, God will honor it. So back to, the, back to the text, starting in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people 
from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Isn't that beautiful? And the point is this, if we make space to be in God's presence, God will honor it. When Moses took this drastic step and built the tent of meeting and created this space for God, God honored it. He, he said, I was going to depart. My presence is going to go with you. Uh, but check this out. As Moses goes to the tent, it says, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses as a man speaks with his friend. And everyone else saw it. It's almost like God says, I, I want to go away, but I can't resist. Like God fully intended to dip out and send an angel, but then he noticed, oh, but look at Moses. Look at him setting aside space to meet with me. How can I ignore that? If we make that space, God's going to honor it. Deb Andrazik this year made space for God this fall. She decided to start showing up weekly to our Zoom prayer meetings on Tuesday mornings. Deb prioritized that space. And, you know, it wasn't easy for her. She was on her drive to work. I think she works in Fall River. But she pulled out her phone and, you know, put it in the safe driving mode. And she showed up on our prayer calls. And guess what? God honored it. Deb had a breakthrough in her relationship with Jesus this year. She, what she began realizing is that she could hear God's voice. And her relationship with God this fall went from feeling like kind of like a one-way street to a two-way conversation. And it didn't just stay in the prayer meetings. It continued through the whole day. And in her words, I talked to her like a week ago about this. She said, it's blowing my mind. When we make space for God, he honors it. When we make space for God, he even blesses the whole community. Look, look at what happened to Israel. The whole nation, because Moses and Joshua and a few others probably prioritize the presence of God. God decides, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my mind. I'm going to let my presence go with Israel into the promised land. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone else know, you know, what will distinguish us? And the Lord says, okay, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you. So 2023, what if we only had one resolution this year to do one thing? We, we need God's presence more than anything else. And if we want to dwell in and abide in and experience his presence, we have to make space. And if we make space, God will honor it. Jesus says to Martha, 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 you know, remember when he comes over to her house and Mary's there too and and she's in the kitchen, and there's all kinds of things she's worried about. And she's like, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. And Mary, of course, is doing the one thing. She's, she could be in the kitchen and probably should be in the kitchen, but she decided to sit in Jesus' presence at his feet. And Jesus gets her back. Jesus defends her. He, he says back to Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted about many things. And I think as we go into 2023, there's probably a lot of things that could worry and distract us. But Jesus says, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken away from her. Friends, if we choose to be in God's presence this year, 
Jesus will honor that. So as we close, a couple questions to reflect on, and I'd love to invite you even, we're going to go out with a song, but take a minute, especially if you're gathered with your home church or your family or your journal or your pet or, or your house plant, uh, your pet house plant, uh, wherever you're at, take a minute and reflect and discuss. How have you experienced God's presence in the past? What helps you become aware of the presence of God? How do you need to prioritize this in 2023? Where's your chair? Where's your tent of meeting? Where, where in your calendar and in your house or your car or your life is space for God? And so this new year, we're going to set rhythms. We're going to reset rhythms. Where's the space and time for God going to go? And what else needs to disappear so that you can be with God in 2023? What do you need in order to experience God's presence? Do you, do you need other people? Do you need to learn or experiment with new ways to pray? Are there things blocking you from intimacy with God that you need to confess, repent of, experience healing for? And finally, if you would, we're in first seek. Pull out your calendar. Mark down, uh, mark down the 18th. And there will be other dates too, but put the 18th on there. And that evening, uh, we're going to have a, a special night to focus on the presence of God. And um, because this is the thing we need more than anything else this year. So let's pray. Lord, we just want to pray as a church the same prayer that Moses prayed. Lord, we're, we're so thankful to know about you. We're so thankful to be called by your name. We're so thankful for the blessings. Um, but Lord, and we're thankful for the mission and the purpose that you've given us as a church to be uh, an agent of renewal in our city. But we are longing this year, God, for your presence. And I pray, Lord, would you even stoke and cultivate and fan into flame that longing for you, God. Because whether we admit it or not, our souls long for you as the deer pants for streams of water. God, you are the one that we need. And so this year, God, would you give us a longing for your presence? Would you give us the resolve to set aside time and space to be in your presence, God? And as we do... Would you bless us, God, with a cascade of um, changes that result from that one vital choice that would overflow with blessing into our lives and the lives of others. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.